Hey guys, welcome to another episode of MC Anime. I'm MC Anime, and we have another special guest with us today. Name is Devin, so how are you doing today? Hey there, I'm doing great. Um, here to uh, talk about some Japanese stuff, huh? Oh yeah. Alright. So what's a, what's, what's a little bit about yourself? Sure. Um, my name is Devin, and I am 30 years old. Um, I have been to Japan, I was there in 2013. Um... Let's see, I have a degree in Asian Studies with like a main focus on Jap uh, Japan, like history, culture, and language. Um, I got that from Randolph-Macon College in Ashland, Virginia, if, if that matters. Um, so I also am an artist. I do a lot of art. Um, of course, I've been inspired by anime um, a lot in my art. So um, I guess anything else I can think of... Um, I actually am technically disabled, um, but I'm I, I'm I'm enjoying doing language stuff in my free time, the Japanese language. Gotcha. So, what's like a correspondence that you have on social media that you have your art on? Yeah, um, so I have a Deviant Art account. If anyone knows what that is, and then I also have a Facebook Art account. I need to update it, but it's there. Okay. Yeah. And for anyone that doesn't know, the uh, description will be in the link in the episode below. So. When you're here in this episode, it'll be there to find the correspondent link. So, uh, today we're doing a, a special, uh, an, an episode focusing on Japanese studies slash Asian studies. Um, it's going to be the Japanese writing and the three types of scripts associated with the writing as well. Alright. So, what are the three main types of scripts found in Japan and... We can go from the differences from there. Okay. Well, first, there's the basic hiragana. Mm -hmm. Hiragana is basically um, their own language, uh, their own writing system. Um, I meant, sorry. Their own writing system they came up with a long time ago. And that that's, it's, they use it in everyday sentences. Um, a lot of times when you take hiragana and you make a word with it, such as neko, which means cat, neko. So, um, normally, maybe younger folks, like children, teenagers, will, will um, write it in hiragana. But usually people, when they get um, older, you know, more into uh, businesses and, and whatever they need, are doing for their career, they start using kanji in place of that, that noun. So kanji usually is in place of nouns. And also in place of verbs, mm -hmm. usually, so, and adjectives, I guess. Um, so, the first one's hiragana. That's what I learned first. Um, you can look it up. Uh, it's, it's pretty pretty easy to remember, at least I think so. There's a, there's a few things that's kind of different uh, when you have to basically put two uh, characters together to make, like, um, nya for cat, when a cat goes meow, it's nya in Japanese. Okay, um, so the second part of this is, um, the second script is katakana. So katakana is, um, it, they basically took hiragana and kind of altered it from, for a lot of them. Mm -hmm. Basically katakana is used for foreign words. Um, it, it's like, they don't have, they don't have a word for bread. Okay, so they, they use the, I think it's French word for red as pun. P-A-N is pun. So, um, they usually write that kind of stuff in hiragana. They also have uh, written, they also use kind of katakana for, like, I'm going to say Pokemon because I like Pokemon, okay? So, like, they write the Pokemon names, for example, in katakana. And I'm, I'm pretty sure the reason they do that is so that it stands out more from everything else that's written. Oh yeah, and uh, character names are t typically want to stand out more because that's a part of a franchise, and that part of that franchise is the differentiate between other franchises, so that katakana can be used in that way to lighten that character. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, katakana is basically used for that kind of stuff too. Mm -hmm. So, the last one he we have here is like the major one. It's called kanji. So kanji is um, basically they Japan kind of stole it from China a long time ago, before they had their own like writing system. 
I believe. Um, so, so the kanji, there's a lot of kanji in Japanese, okay? There's like, yeah. I have this book in front of me, and I, I, I'm like trying to figure out how many kanji are in it. It's a lot. So I think this book has, uh, yeah, the book, set, the book has 1,945 joyo kanji and 284 jimei kanji. Um, so that's pretty cool. And uh, different types of kanji does like the, the different subscripts and the, the different categories that kanji is also divided in as well. Okay. Um, well, with kanji, kanjis are made up of uh, radicals. Radicals are basically parts of the kanji itself. So if you look at um, a kanji and you see like a, a piece of the kanji that looks like it's another kanji, that's a radical. I, I would definitely show you if I had you know, visual media yeah. to show, but um, you could you could always look it up. Uh, so what they do is when um, they write kanji, they do it in a specific order. And it's very important for them to do it in a specific order. Uh, I remember when I was in high school, I did it out of order all the time. Oh, yeah. And, they were, and the teacher was like, no, 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 you can't do that. <laughs> so, yeah, so uh, the kanjis are, kanjis are fun. Uh, there, there's a lot to learn, but once you learn them, reading Japanese is so much easier than just reading a bunch of hiragana together. Because you like see the word, and as in kanji, and it's like a picture in your mind as gotcha. to what that is. It, okay. It, it just works differently in like in the written language. Yeah. All right. So let's take the perspective English, for example. Yes. We have the subject verb agreement. Yes. That's one sentence. Uh huh. Uh, so that's how you read the sentence, uh -huh. and not having that makes it incomplete. Right. So what's a complete sentence using the different scripts in from Japan and actually forming a sentence with it? Okay, as far as forming um, a correct sentence, it doesn't matter. Sorry, it doesn't matter if um, it's written in kanji, hiragana, or katakana. It doesn't really matter for the structure of the sentence. Mm -hmm. If, it, if that makes sense. Okay, so like, for example, uh, the dog went walking in the park with its owners. Yeah. It doesn't need all that. It just needs a basic understanding of what it's talking about and maybe the people, maybe the time or whatever. Uh, what, what do you mean? I'm sorry. Like, if you were to translate that into Japanese, huh? I like dogs, that would, how would that look like? So, I like dogs in English. If you translate that in Japanese, you would say, Inu ga ski desu. So, Inu means dog. You, you, normally, they put the, um, <clears throat> the noun kind of at the front okay. of the sentence. <coughs> Sorry. And then they have, um, the, so, Inu ga. The ga part is basically... Um, they connect words and it kind of is like showing what the, the 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 noun and the verb are doing with each other. So like in English, it'd be in, over, out, out. Preposition stuff like that. Yeah, it's prepositions basically, kind of. Yeah. And then so inu ga ski. So ski means um, like. Um, you can say daiski, which means literally big like, which means love, obviously. Mm -hmm. So like, um, and then desu means this is the sentence that's the verb the verb is always at the end of the sentence okay. and it's in desu so it's in present okay yeah so desu is still part of that liking like i like the dog yes that's a whole sentence okay. okay so the noun the subject the noun is in front the dog the mm -hmm. subject is in the middle and the verb at the end so that's the structure pretty much and so it, it would be like dog I like, if you want to do a roughly translation of that, dog I like. Dog like is. Or I like. Yeah, so dog like is. Kind of. It's like, mm -hmm. so desu at the end of the sentence is basically the word like is, mm -hmm. but it translates kind of funny into English. They use that at the end so they know if you're talking about the present, the past, the future, the way they end the word desu, deshta. Stuff like that. So there's different forms of desu. Like I know yes. it to be in Spanish has all these different verb combinations depending on the subject matter. Like you know, s is he or she or it. 
Uh-huh. All that stuff. Right. So would that be different in Japan, or would that just be to be as the subject matter I like, and you just refer to yourself? Oh, that's a good point. Um, so, desu- so you could actually start a sentence with Watashi wa, which mm-hmm. means me. Okay. Inu ga, dog, and then ga means like you, you just do naturally. Oh, okay. Des, uh, I'm sorry. Ski, which mm-hmm. means like, desu, and that means uh, okay. you're at the end of the sentence. But either way you write it, if you know the context, desu is basically broad. It doesn't have, like, different verb endings depending on the noun using it. No, it does. Oh, it does? Yeah. Okay. So, like, deshita um, is, the, is the past form of desu. Oh, okay. Does that make sense? So it has, like, the past, present, future. It just doesn't have, like... Yes. It doesn't... It's not like Spanish when it's, like, different verb endings depending on the pronoun. And then it has different pro endings depending on the state of that as well. Because Spanish is weird. Yeah. They have, like, 15 different verbs of the same word. You just all have to know the endings and pronouns and uh, suffixes at the end. Okay. Um... Okay, yeah. So the Japanese use um, the Japanese language uses um, the word the verb itself, uh, desu, which means like is uh-huh. you do it, it exists. It literally yeah. means like it's it's there. Um, so there's like deshita, which is past. Um, there's other words that end in like su. If it ends in su, it means it's a present sentence. If it's a, or it could be a future sentence, depending on no context. And then deshita means past. So, like, anything that ends in, like, T-A, ta, mm-hmm. is past. Okay. Okay, so to make it reflexive, a reflexive noun, you can refer to yourself, but you don't have to refer to yourself, because they're going to assume that that I is you. Correct. But in, no. in Japanese, uh, in Japanese, it's very um, important to make sure when, who, who you're talking to, you, you say stuff correctly. Um, so the, uh, <coughs> sorry, the, um, the sentence can be either casual, yeah. the way it's set up. Or conservative. Or, yeah. It can be, well, it can be casual with everyday friends yeah. or whatever, and then you've got the more formal. Yeah. So when you speak Japanese to my, me, you you could drop the watashi. I don't care. Yeah. But when you're talking to, I don't know, the president of your college or something. <laughs> um, you want to at least have the, the dasu as a context talking about yourself. Then they know from that point on that they're talking about you talking about yourself. They know this, this, who's talking about it in that tense. Not exactly. Um, okay. So what I'm trying to get at is when you go talk to someone who's like a higher level than you, because mm-hmm. that's pretty important to Yeah. Um, you start off the sentence with watashi, like you would use watashi. Mm-hmm. So you, it's like you got to add more to your sentence, I guess, to make it more appropriate and polite. It's all about being polite. So after you say, so you say watashi, uh, watashi wa inu ga ski desu. You could say that to. It's, it's, it's a pretty formal sentence, I would think. Mm-hmm. But you could drop the watashi part, and that would be um, the watashi wa part, and that would be more of a casual sentence. Oh, so the katashi wa is like, you don't have to use it in that professional sense. You can still say it's, they're talking about yourself. Yes. So if you don't say otherwise, they're going to assume it's you. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Pretty much. Um, unless, it's kind of complicated. It's inferred that if you don't specify, then you might right. be talking about yourself. Yeah, normally it's like you're talking about yourself unless you start the conversation with someone else, yeah. like your your mom or whatever. Then they can, <coughs> then they usually can, um, people who speak Japanese, <coughs> sorry, can, um, they figure out, okay, we're talking about your mom. Yeah. In the sentence. And then when they switch to you, you they switch it to, to you in a sentence. Mm-hmm. And then you don't have to really keep putting your name it there. Yeah. You so. can just change the, the, the noun, stru- the verb structure to say who you who you were referring to in an A, B conversation. Or maybe C, you know, depending on what's going to the context. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So, kanji is the most popular. But the other two, like, uh... How are they structured? Like, what's the best setting that they're used in? 
so hiragana is the basic out basic quote-unquote alphabet of the mm -hmm. Japanese language um, usually this is what you start out with when you start learning it um, the sounds for it are a e u e o so those are all the all the like basic sounds mm -hmm. um, so you can combine a or, or, or ah, my bad. Uh, ah, you can make it ka, ga, sa, za. You can you can always look up a hiragana chart to yeah. to see exactly what it's I'm like, talking uh, about. It's just like a b c d e f f a stuff like that. Okay, I don't know much about Spanish. Sorry. Well, I took a bunch of years with it. So the the alphabet of any language is usually they have the core vowels as the primal core point, and then mm -hmm. they put constants to put onto those vowels or the contents stand among themselves. Would you say that uh, in Japanese that you had the vowel sounding first and then the constant following the vowel? It's it's not really like that. <coughs> um, but you still have oh you still have constant letters. So I know no one else can really see it right now, but see how mm -hmm. this is ah. These yeah. are their own sounds. Okay. That's their con uh, hiragana. So the next the next um, column is ka, but it has it's not associated okay. with a. It's ka, so they have their own symbol. Oh, okay. So each one, okay, okay. I see how it is. Yeah. So each row, the ah category, that line has all the ah at the end with the constants before it, and yes. each constant is another separate sound itself. Right. There are a few exceptions, like mm -hmm. um, let's see. Oh gosh. There, there are a few exceptions. That's why there's like parentheses right here. So like, um, we're talking about like at least over fifty-two combinations. <laughs> uh, yeah, it, it, gets, it can get pretty complicated. But it's um, like for example, there's do, de, zi, uh, g, and da. So the difference in that one is the zi and uh, uh, g. Um, they do not have the D sound, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, they have like their own sound, so those two are kind of like special. Yeah, it's like good versus food. They sound different because the conjugation of the two letters. You should that should sound the same, but they're not. Uh, different languages have different uh, exceptions. All right, this is exceptions to um, the yeah. the way the way hiragana is structured and how they they use it in like a, a chart to learn it basically. So if you look at a chart and see how it is and maybe kind of read up a little bit on how they function together, mm -hmm. it's it's not too bad. I, I like I like reading it a lot and writing it. So. Well, yeah, because a lot of people say the writing is easier than speaking it. Yes. Some people because uh, okay, so the writing process, how you write it. Uh huh. You can formulate it better if you're like a visual learner. You do it by hand. Now the v people that do it by auditory are better at speaking it. So the different learning styles associate with it. Very true. And then also I think you have verbal, uh, writing, and uh, reading. There's all the that's the three different and then comprehension as well. All of those are the main functions of languages in itself. Mm -hmm. You can spell it well. But you not be able to. If you spell it, usually you can at least read what you write. Right. You can't read everything. Correct. Some people just read it better than they can speak it or write it. They can just read it and not speak it or write it. So it all depends. You're right. Um, that's actually something I should have thought about as a disabled person, and I didn't think about that. But that's that's great. People learn differently. Mm -hmm. So, um, <clears throat> so basically, hiragana is a phonetic syllabary. So they're they're basically made. Sorry, they're based on um, like. Fun, it's more of a sound language, I guess, mm -hmm. instead of like. I don't know how to explain it. Like my professor in college explained it to me. I can't okay, remember so, how he said it. So it's like it's based on the different sounds and the different characters interacting in the chart, and based on those different sounds, it creates a system of structure for the for this particular script. Absolutely. Yes. Okay, so in this uh, beginning stages of hiragana, mm -hmm. what's the applications looking like throughout grade school before they learn the other scripts? Oh gosh, um, well hiragana, they learn that pretty, you know, pretty early on in elementary school. Um, 
I think that it's about late um, late elementary school, early middle school that they start doing, um, they start figuring out kanji. Mm -hmm. They may be taught some simple kanji in elementary school, um, but then they have to focus their studies on learning all these kanji so they can read newspapers or articles mm -hmm. online that are written by people who write in kanji and hear Ghana together. So, gotcha. yeah. So, uh, so kanji is like the next stepping stone with the application of himagana and combining together. And the simple kanji. Pretty much, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, so applying himagana to simple kanji, simple kanji mm -hmm. what's the process like? Uh, what do you mean? Sorry. Like when you take the, the concept of himagana you already learned uh -huh. and try to apply simple kanji like oh. base words okay what is that process like okay so let's do the dog sentence again so watashi wa inuga ski desu um so basically let's focus on the word dog okay all right so this is let's let's just say this whole sentence is written in hiragana and that's absolutely fine that's that's that people do that mm -hmm. but a lot of the times what they will do and people who speak Japanese, they will take the e and new mm -hmm. the two um, the two hiragana that make up the word, and like basically remove it and then place the kanji for dog there. Oh, so they will take off the hiragami uh, hiragana symbol for dog and put the kanji dog. So what's the kanji dog? Like, what does it look like? No, what does it just sound like? You know. Inu? Yeah, basically, it's not. It doesn't really change the sound. Mm -hmm. It changes just the way the sentence is structured. It makes it a lot easier to read. Oh. If I if I was able to write it, I could show you. But mm -hmm. um, as a whole string of hiragana is gotcha. hard on your eyes, and sometimes <laughs> it's hard to figure out which mm -hmm. word is which. But kanji makes it so much easier because it's just simple. It's one phrase. You don't have to write a right. longer hiragana phrase. Right. Instead of writing a long word. You, there might be a, a kanji that you can just put in there, and it's shortened, and you know what that kanji is. You know what okay. that's in. So what is the? So let's compare the hiragana sentence, huh? o, the, the only sentence with the uh, replacement for gog of inu with the kanji basic kanji. Uh -huh. What's the difference there? Like if you what the, what's the full sentence again for the uh, hiragana? Watashi wa inu ga skidasu. Okay. So what's the? Uh, when you do the kanji, how does that change? How does that make it sound different? It doesn't make it sound different. It, oh. it doesn't. It, you literally just take the hiragana for dog mm -hmm. and replace it with kanji. So is this in you? And you should, and I thought all that phrase for the hiragana. It's, it's still pronounced the same way. But it does make it a little shorter because sometimes the kanji can be shorter than the hiragana phrase. Right. That makes it much easier to read, like books and newspapers and such. Interesting. Yeah. Um, something I would like to mention, too, is when people, like younger people um, in Japan, are learning Japanese, are learning kanji, um, they will have something called furigana on top of it. Mm. Um, basically, that's just like a little cheat uh, guide for, that, for younger folks to learn what that kanji sounds like and what it means. So basically, they literally just, here's the kanji for dog, right? They'll have like tiny hiragana. Inu and hiragana at the top so that younger folks can read it and understand, oh, this kanji means inu. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's usually when people are trying to learn the gotcha. kanji. Alright, so where is the level where basic kanji is only kanji only? It's not combined with any other script? Well, that's not really how it works. Okay, so kanji, okay, so from my understanding is that kanji is always applied, but the other scripts are always applied with it. Hiragana, anyway, yeah. Katakana, katakana is really just used for, um, it's like a, a second phonetic syllabary uh, used for foreign words brought into Japan, uh, such as like, mm. like, um, bread is pun. Yeah. And then they also do automatopias, which is like sound effects, like, yeah. shing, that means quiet, silence. Mm. Quiet and silence. And, um, other instances when, uh, written emphasis is desired, so such as Pokemon names, etc. Okay. Okay. So that's the understanding. Okay, so, what 
So after you apply the basic kanji, you're doing hiragata and sometimes the other script. Uh-huh. Uh, Kananiwa? Oh, it's ka kana? yeah. katakana. Katakana. Mm -hmm. Where's the. Okay, so after you move from the combination of both hiragana and kanji, where is that upper form of simple kanji to the up, the next level? Okay. Um, well, I have never studied in Japan technically. I've never studied Jap mm -hmm. uh, Japanese but in Japan. But what was the what you know? Well, we're not okay. Well, what I'm saying is, I don't know the specific mm -hmm. like time frame in someone's life. No, no, that changed. time frame. What's the next level look like? What do you mean? Like, like the the structure? Yeah. Oh, oh after I see. you apply the simple kanji with Hiranawa. Okay. How does that look like? I see. I'm sorry. Okay, so basically, this is basic kanji right here. See, it's mm -hmm. not very long. I mean, they, they're not very, yeah. they have very few strokes. These yeah. are called strokes. Minimalistic. And they usually, a lot of these usually only have one radical. The character itself is the radical, because mm -hmm. here's the book. It tells you what the radical is. Okay. And it's telling you um, basically what the radical is there. So this is the simple kanji. So then we start getting into, like, um, the more complicated kanji. Mm -hmm. um, let's go let's let's go for it. Oh here we go. This is great. So these are starting to get a little complicated, right? <clears throat> I see like what? Nine strokes on it? Well this uh the radical being like nine or something like that? Which one are you looking at? This one. Okay, this one has yes, it has nine. Okay, so the difference of like two or three strokes to nine, what does that change look like? I guess I don't understand what you're saying. Like, when you have the basic kanji compared to the more complicated kanji, uh -huh. does the strokes change with it, or can the the strokes still be similar to the basic but be more complicated nonetheless? That honestly does not matter. Uh -huh. um, so these are literally just words oh, okay. that you put in. Okay. And then these, the, the simpler ones are also words, but they tend to do the simpler ones first because they're easy to comprehend. And then you just kind of build upon that and oh. you get more uh, familiar with the bigger ones. And the, the, the one was like 14 strokes or something. So, yeah. Okay, so I know like basic words in other languages is usually just one big five to ten characters. Right. With kanji, with writing kanji, it's one character, but these strokes represent the translation of that kanji. Like, that, you have one radical representing the word itself. Right. And with that radical, that is one word. It depends. So let me show you real quick. So this radical is for number uh, six. Mm -hmm. Pronounced Goku. So it's made up of this top part here. You see one, two. It's made up of that top part, and that tells you what it is. And then the second part is three, four. It's made up that, of that part. Now sometimes these radicals are their own kanji as well. Okay. That you can just. It's like you see. Um, Okay, here's an example right here. So this kanji right here, yo, day of the week. Um, this this one, this radical on the far left, is also the kanji for sun. Oh, because all it reflects the, the sun's the solar cycle as the day and sets and different day. Okay. Well, well, yeah. So this one, like this one, means moon or month. So this one means moon or month. And then this next one. That's the um, phase. That's it. Then the next one, it looks similar, but it also has the sun symbol next to it, right? The sun mm -hmm. kanji. Uh, it's pronounced me, which is light. So, yeah. That's how that works. Oh, okay. So sometimes they will do, like, for example, month. There's either moon or month. And that's usually because of the lunar cycle with the different phases of the month, right? Is that kind of what you're referring to? It does that for some kanji. Mm -hmm. Some kanji. Yeah. I have a double meaning or have like a different like, meaning. Right, it's like in English. You got mm -hmm. like a, a word that sounds the same, but they mean two different things. That's how kanji is too. And sometimes they're completely different, you know. True. So. Okay. So, uh, what's the difference between writing the basic kanji and the more complicated kanji? Uh, stroke order. That's really it. Okay. I've seen some stroke artists that go up to like 20-something. Mm. It's crazy. 
Oh, I know there's one part I want to talk about, too. Okay. Um, so, basically, in Japan, when they write uh, hiragana, katakana, etc., there's a couple of ways, styles, I suppose, mm-hmm. that they write it in. So, let me see if I can find an example. Um, they'll have, like, a, a typed version, like, the compu- what the yeah. computer types out. They'll have a, um, a pen version, basically just using a ballpoint pen and mm-hmm. writing on paper. And then they have a more uh, painterly version. That's kind of the like ones we... Like well, the artist. With the, yeah, with the paintbrush, it's mm. kind of like the stereotypical thing you see in movies and stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. It, that, that's, it's still the same word, just looks different. It's kind of like how people in who yeah. speak English have different handwriting. Yeah. That's pretty much what that is. Okay. okay. And uh, I, know I know a lot of languages that don't have the, like, Bengo- uh, the Asian languages, usually like the Middle East, by exceptions... And Japanese, mm-hmm. usually most languages are long letters. Okay. Well, this is script writing. Script is basically the different strokes mm-hmm. you put with it, and that's one character to represent that word. Exactly. So when you put it on paper, mm-hmm. it's actually sometimes shorter with the radicals and strokes than writing big long sentences. I got out my notebook so I can show you. Uh, so, uh, I'll write this for you. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'll write it in... Let's do I Like Dog again. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. We'll do that again. It's been a while since I've written in Japanese because I, I yeah. stuff going on, but <laughs> I feel terrible. Um, that's the simplest one. Oh, yeah, that's right. All right, so that's wa. Mm-hmm. Ta. Shi. This word means me. My handwriting is terrible, I'm sorry. It's fine. And then, Watashi. Now, this is interesting. This character right here that I'm writing is pronounced ha, normally. Okay. But when you use it in a sentence to, like, uh, I guess, modify a word, like, t- mm-hmm. it tells you what you're do- that word's doing, that subject's doing, um, it's pronounced uh, wa. Okay, wa. Instead. So, Watashi wa. And then we got... In you got oh got hold on let me write this um oh I'm starting to see it now starting to see it hold on yeah I'm it's starting. easier when you write it out right well what I'm seeing is that uh why did I, I forget this what I'm actually seeing is that the individual characters can be sometimes more than the actual sentence in other languages that use the letters like they use letters instead of radicals. For a lot of stuff. I do know that. Oh, I forget that. Ga. Um. Ki. De. Su. And then a, a, the, to end the sentence, you put mm-hmm. a circle for the period. A smaller one than that, sorry. Gotcha. Um, but yeah, that says, I like dogs. Okay, how about Inu? Inu itself? Yeah. Alright, so Inu's kanji looks like this. Alright, so this is dog in mm-hmm. Hiragata, mm-hmm. and this is uh, Inu, which is also dog in Kanji. Yes. Okay, so what's the difference between these two characters that okay. you can say, like, globally? Well, okay, so take a look at the sentence. Mm-hmm. You can see the whole sentence, it's all written in Hiragana, completely yeah. just Hiragana. And when you start reading, uh,. More complicated stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, seeing a bunch of hiragana together can be really confusing because it's like, wait, does this go with this word, or mm-hmm. does this one go here? You know what I mean? Yeah, I know. So what they do is, for example, they'll they'll take out the e nu and inu, the hiragana, and they'll replace it with the kanji. Got so it. that makes it easier to figure out. Oh, mm-hmm. they don't go together with this word. It's inu. Okay. So that makes it easier to read. Okay. So the people. When they just write the words, do they like have like different brackets set up so you can format the word better? Like this is separate, 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 separated, or do they just put you on a big line? You have to put space to put in between. Because I know a lot of times how we do it, you have like this is the break, another bracket, break, bracket, break, and each break is a new letter or a new word. Okay, um, uh, uh, hold on. <laughs> I'm trying to, um, mm-hmm. what's, what's the word? 
Jeez, why am I blanking on this word? What? It's not subject. It's what's what's the the thing that's doing the verb? Not, not the verb. The thing that's associated agreement? with the verb. What's that? Agreement. No, it's like the main word. Like that's the thing that's doing the the verb. The subject verb agreement. <laughs> no, um, I don't know why I'm blanking on this word. Is it? This is like the noun. The noun, thank you. Why did I blank on that? Oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Okay. Okay, so I'm, I'm trying to set this up so you can see kind of how they mm -hmm. write it. Okay. So, noun. Uh, they can also have um, adjectives here. Mm -hmm. And then, uh, so then they do the noun, and then at the end, uh, they'll have the whatever symbol mm -hmm. here and then at the end is the verb mm -hmm. and then you could also have uh, past tense tense yep okay so visually oh, you have I'm sorry I remember this is particle my bad oh particle so that's what these are called the one that connects the mm -hmm. words together and here wa and ga those, oh, are, those are particles okay. and those are you just Makes it separated. It kind of does, but it's honestly just like it's like particles like the in all that stuff. Is this similar? No, not not the not the or a, but it's more of um, it's more of adjectives, I guess. Not adjectives. Okay. What's the one that starts with an O? Why am I blanking? Noun. No, it starts with an O. Like in. I'm not Pia. No, in, out, above. Below. Prepositional phrases. Preposition. Okay. So, oh, the prepositions in the in the actual language. It's kind of like preposition, yeah. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So when people think of preposition, there are extra words that you can add to the sentence to make it more syntax. I like the dog. Uh huh. I like the dog with its owner. You know, stuff like that adds extra. Yes. But with the particles in Japanese, it doesn't really add extra, it's more of structure. Yes. It's in between each line of text. Basically it's a break of pause to go to the next subject. It's yes. literally saying it's indicating that the next structure is coming up in the sentence. Exactly. Yep. And the, usually uh, how it's Pazos is that you have the adjective, or you do any adjective, like the green sun, and the noun, and then the particles in between, and then the verb. Because usually, how English is set up is, I like the dog. Right. Well, the, the noun is first. Yeah. Like is usually white in the between, huh? and then the uh, subject is the dog. Right. The noun's I, but the subject is the dogs. The subject is the, it's usually, the way that you set it up is the verb is like, like right after the noun or like in between. Or the book is great. The book mm -hmm. is the noun, mm -hmm. but it's also the subject. So there's different ways to write it, but the thing is. Yeah. That structure is not followed, it's just noun, adjective, noun, particles, verb. That's yeah. how they write it in Japanese. Um, pretty much like most mm -hmm. formal writing anyway. So like they always, like if there's a time involved in yeah. a sentence, you always start with time. Mainichi mm -hmm. means every day. So you, you like every day I do whatever. Yeah. You always put mainichi, uh, you put mainichi first because you always put the time first, whether it's like, 10 o'clock, today, uh, every day, just, you know, words that, uh, words that explain time. Gotcha. Then, after that, um, there's, sorry, I'm trying to think about the sentence. Okay, so, basically, there's the time, and then you, here comes the noun, right? Mm-hmm. So, you could put an adjective in front of it, like, instead of, like, I like dogs, you could put, I like Big dogs. Yeah. So that you could say that, or you could omit it. It's just mm -hmm. how you want the sentence to do, uh, to be structured. And then you got the noun, and then you got the particle that tells you what the heck this verb has to do with this noun. Oh, so it's the, it's the particle is a relationship to the noun and the verb. 
Yeah, but yes, mostly there's also like, okay, so let me, um, let's see, let me give you another example. Uh, okay, I got it. I got it, I got it, I promise. <laughs> well, maybe. <laughs> Where is it? I'm so sorry, I was not prepared for this. Uh. Yeah, I, I I asked, for people that don't know, my questions tend to be random, so sometimes the guess is like caught off guard. <laughs> okay, so here's the example I'm trying to, mm -hmm. I was trying to explain. So this word is inu, dog. Okay, inu. And that word is water, mizu. Okay, inu, inu mizu. Inu mizu. Inu mizu, okay. But, there's something in between the two words, no. No. So, okay. Inu, no, Mizu. That literally means the dog's water. Think of the no as like the apostrophe S. Okay. That's how oh, okay. That's how that one works. Oh, okay. So, the particle is, you just have dog and water. You won't know the content unless you have the particle. Exactly. Okay. So, the, okay. So the particle is important because it provides the context of the sentence. It's if you don't important. have it, it's basically like... The equivalent of not having a subject-verb agreement in a sentence in English. Okay, yeah, well, yeah, yeah, you really need to use particles in sentences, otherwise no one knows what you're talking about. Exactly, because you're <laughs> referring to who, who you're talking about. Like, it could be, I don't know. What kind of person are you thinking of? Painting, it, painting great. Well, that's, that's an incomplete sentence, you know. It's, right. You don't have is, and then you can also get confused, like, which noun is being applied, which being described, all that stuff. Except, yeah, exactly. Okay, so with the particle, then you have the verb at the end. Yes. Pretty much. Yes, you have the verb at the end. The verb always goes at the end. And is there anything that goes, like, after the verb? Like, how about anything describing the verb? The only thing I can think of, from my experience, that goes after a verb is... Um, the word, uh, let's see. Why am I forgetting? I'm so sorry. So it's like, you know, uh, no, Mizu. Oh, I'm sorry, that's, that's not supposed to be there. So, Inu, no, Mizu. Um, and then at the end of the sentence, sometimes they'll add like, uh, uh, how can I explain it? Suffix or... It's not a suffix. Basically, it's something at the end of the sentence that it basically kind of makes it like an ex uh, someone saying something excitingly. Oh, kind of like an expiration point or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or excessively. The dog's in a war fantastically or something like that. Something similar. The dog is swimming greatly. Yeah, when you're like making mm -hmm. uh, a sent basically a sentence with the ex exclamation, <laughs> I can never say that word exclamation part point. Uh, prepositions. So. Um, so the state of feeling, basically. Yeah. Oh, here we go. There's a little thing that tells you. See that time. Time word subject then uh, subject or time of. Oh, word. The, oh, I forgot about location. I'm so yeah. sorry. And then. Indirect and uh, direct. And then verb is at the end, and then. Um, and uh, basically, so the the correct particle uh, is in the designated word will make sense. Therefore, however, use another word in another sense, but this does not apply to the letter, like the time of subject, the subject of the time word, the location it's happening, the indirect object like the that describes yeah. the direct object, which is the noun, and then the verb. And then any descriptive words or phrases precede the word they describe. Oh, oh, oh so are you looking at descriptive that? Okay. Words. So if if you have is there something as adverb in Japanese? <laughs> is there a thing that you would describe the verb how you're doing the action? Anything describing the verb how you're doing the action? Mm hmm Um wouldn't that be like an adjective or something? Well you know how you do uh he he ran the track he was 
He was very pa- he ran he was in the doctor's office patiently. He was patiently waiting for it to happen. Sounds like it describes a- how he was waiting. It sounds like an adjective to me. It describes the verb, not the noun. It just basically it gives oh. a state of being of how they're doing the action. I've never thought about that to be honest. Um Usually most uh, ad- uh most adverbs are L Y. So like patiently waiting describes the context of how he is waiting. Okay, so I get you. Um so basically at the end of the sentence is the verb, right? Mm-hmm. That's what the person's doing or the thing's doing. Yeah. To describe the action, the the verb, you put the um the adjective in front of that. Oh, you always okay. put like gotcha. you put the adjective in front of the noun and then you put the adjective in front of the verb if it's necessary. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So like if you if you want to say he's running fastly, you can put fast running or something like that. So, something similar. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Fast running or fastly running. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay, so that still follows that logic of the adjective is before whatever it's describing. Exactly. This what well, this descriptive word is what they should. Okay. Say, because it's not just adjective or adverb because they're both describing something but right. in context. Right. Uh so let's go to uh Kana. Okay. Um, one more thing before we go to Connor, because sure. I forgot to mention this. At the end of a sentence, you end with a verb, and then it depends on the context as to is it present, mm-hmm. future, past, etc. There are, that I know of, two words, uh, or short, hiragana, mm-hmm. <laughs> words that you can put at the end of the sentence. So, inu ga ski deska, meaning you're asking a question. Do you like dogs? Oh, okay. So that is like the equivalent of different punctuation at the end. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. It's like, mm. I, I never, yeah, so that's like a car yeah. with a question mark. Gotcha. And then when you say, Inuga skidesho, that means, the, the yo means like you're excited. It's kind of like putting an exclamation point there. Oh, yeah. Um, it's like, oh, yeah, I'm excited mm. for whatever that, whatever's in the sentence. Okay. It's just like Spanish. They uh, change the pronunciation of the word of the spelling. So, like for example, do you like talking? I can say, uh, uh, "Hase, Can't help you, but I don't know Spanish. <laughs> no, "Hase gustar." Yeah. Well, no. Do you like talking? That's double verb, double infinitive. Yeah, "Hase." How so the star? He said, do you like talking? Uh-huh. And you can, uh, uh, how you, actually, heises. Heises the star? And you change how you pronunciate the phrase instead of changing it to, like, you know, may, may, no, te gusta star? You know, do you like doing that? Hmm. And you change how you pronunciate it to say that you're asking a question. Or you can say you... Hmm. Do an exclamation point too, because usually most statements are verbal periods at the end, punctuation-wise. Right. So you do the punctuation for like an ending for a regular statement, huh? but with this, do you have to put uh, like a question mark or exclamation point or Basi- anything like that? Uh, bas- uh, yeah. Let me show you again. I'm sorry. I should have written this out for you. Um, so we got Watashi. Ah. Got. Uh, sorry, it's gonna have to go up there. Desu, mm-hmm. and then if you're asking a question, you do. Ka? Oh, okay. So you still put the question mark at the end. Yeah, the, uh, yeah. The punctuation is always at the end. Okay. Always. Okay. And same with yo. So yo can be there, like watashi wa inu ga ski uh, yo. Mm. Oh, okay. I can see it now. So you do change the phrase of it. You sound like more excited about it. Like you're more curious about knowing their answers. Like, Tede Gusia? You know, stuff like that mm-hmm. gives off that impression of that question statement. Uh-huh. Okay. Interesting. Uh, with Kana. Uh-huh. We'll talk about Kantanana now. Yeah. So okay. Kantanana. Uh, yeah. What's some of the... F- 
phrases that you use with kanji and kana to describe some of these characters? Okay, so... Or foreign elements. They do not use kanji to replace any katakana in sentences. Well, I know that, but, like, do they use kanji phrases in hiragana to describe it? And then they put the uh, kana phrase associated with that character? Well, let me let me let me show you another example, and I can try to explain it. Um, so, if you're writing a sentence and you uh, you need to write a word in katakana because it's a foreign word or mm -hmm. whatever, um, you literally just you literally just put it's almost like the katakana word put together, mm -hmm. whatever it is, like um, like the word kanji. Ka. Mm -hmm. I'm just using an example. Ka ji. Uh, you can write that in here, uh, Katakana, just for an example. Um, they do that. They don't put the, they don't put, they, it's basically that the Katakana is replacing what it would be in Hiragana, kind of like what the Kanji did. Oh, okay. Because when you, here, look, uh, let me show you. So, when you look at Katakana, it's interesting, because Kanji is a lot more curly mm. and round. Yeah. Katakana is more straight and angles. Oh, okay. So, so it's more different, different writing style altogether. Yeah, it's the same. It's basically the same sound. You basically mm -hmm. just have to learn like a new character associated with it. Okay, so th this is more like more linear angle wise with the strokes. What this one's more like curves and yeah, the, yeah, yeah. The top one's more like curvy and kind of just so the radicals are, are tremendously different, or they're like noticeably different. Radicals. Yeah. Oh, well, we only use radicals in kanji. Oh, okay. So, when you have a sentence, um, just gonna do another example here. I'm gonna put Watashi. I keep using the sentence, huh? Watashi. Wa. I'm sorry. Um, let's see. Oh, we're, yeah, we'll do it. We'll do it this time. So, if people don't, you know, know, uh, the implication of replacement of hiragana and kanji. Hiragana is the base form, kanji replaces hiragana, and then katakana replaces the base form of hitigana, which is the base form of all the language. So katakana is like the most advanced level that will place, it's like a fancy level that has its own category. Well, here's here's a sentence to help. Uh, okay. You know, so you can see it. Um, so we start with Watashi wa still, uh, mm -hmm. still senior or whatever. You know. Now we're gonna pretend like we want uh, to emphasize the word dog because it's okay. something important, like okay. or foreign word or something. Mm -hmm. So we're gonna change it to katakana. And the reason they do that is because when you read a sentence, and like I said, when you read just a whole sentence mm -hmm. of just hiragana. It's kind of hard on the eyes and for you to kind of understand what's going on. Yeah. But, like, Kanta kind of breaks it up as well, like mm -hmm. kanji. Like, oh, I want emphasis on this word because it's cool or it's foreign. Okay, so when you put emphasis on it, does it change the meaning or does it just change? Is it still in you? It's still or, in you. Oh, it's still in you, but it just it emphasizes in you. It, it's still in you. It's pronounced in you. You literally just change the characters. Oh, so basically... No, do you have, like, a, how you say it? Do you, like, in you? Like, you have a different change of tone? No, no tone change. Well, how do you know if uh, you're talking about katakana and speaking-wise? I know it's, you can see it in writing. Right. But obviously, how do you translate it to speaking? How do they know that you're talking in katakana instead of the base well, form kanji? Here, I'll give you an example. <clears throat> the word pinku... Mm -hmm. is literally the Japanese word for pink. They borrowed the word pink from English language yeah. and made it there. So when they write the word pink in Japanese, they don't write it in hiragana or kanji. They write it in katakana. So when you're saying oh, pinku, okay. it sounds like pink. Mm -hmm. So people understand, oh, that's not a Japanese word. So that's something emphasized because it sounds funny to them. Do you get what I'm saying? Oh, okay. So you have like... Okay, so most of the time you see the implication of katakana oh. is basically that different word that's not like in you being emphasized. Because you can emphasize in you, but it's already a kanji letter. So you have to do like something that's 
its own word in katakana to know the difference. If it's like a foreign word or a word you're trying okay. to emphasize, that's okay. special. So the main the main way you identify in the speaking part uh-huh. is that foreign word coming out in the sentence, basically. Oh. That's the only character for it, katakana, then you use the katakana. Yeah, so if you're talking about a foreign word, like, I don't know, like, the color, uh, we can talk about the color gray. Mm-hmm. They just, uh, they don't really have a name for that. They just do great. So, great. 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 Goo. Goo. Great. 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 Yep. So. Uh, so I know Spanish is gris. Okay. <laughs> well, they basically, that's another word the Japanese uh, took from English, so. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Um, so it would be like if we're talking about great, it'd be like right here, so you can see it. You can say a gray dog. Right, you can use it as an adjective, yeah. So. Oh, so you can say gray in you, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a rule with it. Mm-hmm. If you use an adjective to describe a noun, you put E at the end. So oh, so like, gray E. Oh, no, gray It already ends in like an E sound. Oh, so fine. okay. But a word like akai, mm-hmm. that is, uh, it means red in Japanese. That is their own word for red. Gotcha. Uh, it ends in E because it's describing the noun. Mm-hmm. So... Um, akai, akai inu. That means red dog. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, like, there's also parts where you use just aka. You take the e off because you're using aka as more of a a noun, I believe. Mm-hmm. So it is red. Oh, okay. Aka, literally aka desu. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. I'm. So. That's a little bit about three different scripts, how to use, and how the structure of the sentence can change slightly depending on the implication of either kanji or katakana. And a lot of times, hiraga is the base form that you learn, and you continuously use that. And when you learn the more complicated levels of kanji, you can actually just replace it for a simple version if you want to, and kanji is an easier writing easier sounding and you can also do it in the bass form too. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So is there anything like closing wise you want people to know? Sure. Um, I'm sorry I kind of blanked out on stuff. Um, oh no, you're fine. It's been, I'm not like the best, I'm not like a teacher. Yeah, you're not a professor. I'm not asking for a professor. Yeah, anymore. and it's been a while since I've been able to do this stuff. Just, you know, life gets in the way, but I really <laughs> do appreciate you having me here to do this and I would uh, I would like to do more if you're interested. Oh yeah, I'm definitely interested. Uh, I know a lot about the history and the culture and the language, so mm-hmm. uh, language is a little iffy right now because I don't use this much anymore. <laughs> but definitely the culture and history, I got I got that down. So. Oh yeah, I'm definitely aware of some of the history, historical perspective there. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Japan's got a great history, got a great culture. I just love it. So. And uh, where is the corresponding link? Like on social media, like how what they can use to search it for what your yeah. social media, the advertising oh. your art. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, let me let me get that. It's uh, spelled I. No oh, gosh, it's spelled I. Um, N as in nanny, U, M as in Matt, I M I. It says Inumimi. Mm-hmm. Dot. DeviantArt.com. That's okay. where I put my art. Uh, for that's that's probably the most updated version. Okay, gotcha. So yeah. All right. Well, we'll look forward to Emmy Emmy on the internet. That'll be in the description below. And thanks for Devin to come on to the podcast today. Yeah, no problem. I enjoyed it. And remember, when you're doing languages. Every single language itself has a unique style, how they do that language, and how the setup is. So not every language is always going to be the same. There might be some overlapping characteristics, but most of the time, if you get into script writing, Mm -hmm. it's totally different than when you have, like, the 
vowels and consonant writing that we have like in English or German or stuff like that. Because those are longer characters. Right. The script is mostly done with a stroke, so that they they might seem longer, but in actual reality, when you get to long, complicated writing in those other languages like German, mm -hmm. the writing actually gets longer, and the Japanese is actually short. I've noticed that. <laughs> but thanks for ha uh, we're really glad to have Devin, and maybe have him on future episodes and yeah, I'll covering the. Japanese aesthetics slash Asian studies. All right, I look forward to it. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Guys, enjoy your day. Help us get a little bit closer into what the Japanese scripts look like. And next stepping stone to maybe, I don't know, one day to just hear the Japanese anime on the TV and you just know exactly word for word. I got one more thing to tell. Um, there's a website called jisho.org. It's an amazing website for Japanese. Um, you just totally check it out. You can look up kanji by radicals. You can look at uh, sentence structures, etc. It's G-I-S-H-O.org. Um, check right. it out. Well, there you go. The website to direct you to it. And we call that a day.